You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Tonight, we are going to talk about this, God, His plan, and you. And uh, in the next number of weeks, we are going to look at individuals that played a sort of a a key part or a, a, a major role in leading up to the birth of Christ and uh, see how God used ordinary people to unravel his plan for humanity and, uh, and how he continues to do this even today. Because God had a plan and he has a plan and we're a part of that plan, right? And so right off the bat, I want to say that our availability gives God the opportunity to work a miracle through you, through us. I think maybe some of you have heard that before. Another quote that I've picked up over the years is, someone else's freedom often lies on our level of obedience. Or you could say it a different way and say, our obedience to God's purposes brings freedom to us and those around us. And, uh, and so God calls us to be obedient followers of Christ. And he calls us to be available. And um, so our our... Our obedience isn't simply about doing what God says at that moment or that immediate time, but it's about embracing a lifestyle that sets us up for his plans to unfold in and through our lives, right? It is about taking those small steps of obedience so that we can be, you know, be faithful with the little and he'll trust us with much. But there's this element of like, okay, God, I'm being obedient right now, so why isn't anything happening? And I believe we need to kind of like, yes, still do that, but change our approach in the sense that I'm going to be obedient, I'm going to be obedient, I'm going to be obedient. And, and, and as we embrace this lifestyle of obedience, then, be God be, then we begin to see how God's unfolding his plan in and through our lives. And um, so tonight we're going to look at Zechariah. Um, as described in Luke 1, and I'm not going to just read right through the passage, but it's Zechariah, it's uh, verses 5 to about 25, Um, so we're not going to read that, but basically, the Bible says that Zechariah, the priest, was, he was a righteous man, and he observed all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. This is who we're talking about. A righteous man observed all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. And his wife did this as well. However, we read in the scriptures that they they, uh, were not able to conceive as they were both far along in years. And uh, this word blameless does not mean they possessed a sinless perfection. We need to make that really clear right off the bat because not one of us is perfect and neither was Zachariah and neither was Elizabeth. Um, But what it's saying is that they were committed wholeheartedly to the Lord, wholeheartedly committed to the Lord. And it also says that they were not able to conceive um, this or sorry, this whole idea of not able to conceive had nothing to do with sin in their lives, but that God had a divine plan. You know, sometimes you hear people, well, this isn't happening because there's sin in your life. And I just choose not to, to go down that path. It's like God has a plan for our lives. And I believe there's consequences to sin, but I believe God's a God of love and he wants to do great, amazing things through your life. And when somebody's already struggling and then somebody points out, oh, that must be sin in your life, I don't think that's going to encourage them, but I think that's going to maybe 
uh, discourage them a little bit more. So I choose to to be a person that it encourages and, and points them to the love of God. And so, but God, so God, it wasn't because they didn't, they weren't able to have a baby because of sin in their lives, but simply because God had a divine plan. And so according, carrying on, according to the customs of the priesthood, Zechariah is chosen to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And uh, this, by the way, was a once in a lifetime opportunity, which again points to um, God's divine plan, but not not just simply coincidence. He wasn't just kind of, ah, we'll go with this guy. But it was God's plan, uh, divine plan, to have Zachariah go into the temple that day. I find it interesting as well that, that God reveals his plan through an angel in a system that would become obsolete because Christ would become the ultimate sacrifice for us once and for all. And uh, why I find that interesting, it's like God was doing away with an, with an old system. And uh, I think sometimes in our own lives, sometimes God reveals to us at a time to point out that what we are doing needs to become obsolete. And in that, he shows us a new way. It's like sometimes we have to uh, face head on with something that's going on in our lives. And God says, this this, this is what's going on in your life, and, and he'll reveal that to you, and he'll show that to you, and, and he'll make certain circumstances sort of all line up so that we can face something, so he can say, this needs to end in your life, but this is what I have for you. Does that make sense? And I just thought it was interesting how, how again, Zechariah, when he's, uh, it's like God uses an angel in a system that he was going to make obsolete. And so, here we go. Uh, as we continue on, um, Zechariah is sprinkling the incense on the offspring. Uh, sorry, on the offering. He is praying, and there's others that are praying outside as well. And it's in this moment that the angel appears and says, "Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth." For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And then he goes on to give him more instructions and how the baby, will be, the baby will be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth and how he will be the forerunner to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. And then Zechariah basically makes, he makes this comment, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? And because of this response, the angel Gabriel makes him mute until the day the boy is born. He's like, okay, if that's how you're going to be, this is what I'm going to do. And then finally, Zechariah comes out from the temple after a longer than normal time. And the people see that he's had this vision, this encounter. Something has taken place while he's in there. And it wasn't just the normal, regular, routine thing that would take place. And so after this vision, he, he goes home because his, the Bible says that his, his service was complete. He had finished what he needed to be doing. And very shortly after this, Elizabeth becomes pregnant. And then in verse 57 to 66, it reads, um, we read about the birth and how once Zechariah agreed to his name being John, his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed. And it was like 
in in a sense, God was like, I don't want you to mess this up. So I'm going to make you mute until the time comes and then I'll allow you to speak again because I have something really important that needs to take place and I want to, I want that to happen through your life, through Elizabeth's life, but I need to do something in order for it to take place properly. This word, uh, John, it basically means God is gracious. And so this, for a very long time, was the hope God's people were looking for. John's birth was a sign of God's grace in action for the people in the near future. The birth of John was was a very big moment in history. And as I think about this account, specifically looking at Zachariah's life, there's just a few principles, I think, that I want to point out that, that we can apply to our lives today so we can experience God's plan and his purpose for us. And so God doesn't need to redo what he did through the life of Zechariah, but God's plans are continuing to unfold today. And, and, um, and I personally, and I want us to be right in the middle of that plan that is even unfolding today. So the first, the first thing that we, uh, that I see when I look at the life of Zechariah is that um, that we're to never underestimate right living. Never underestimate right living. So daily Zechariah fulfilled his role and lived his life according to the ways of God. And I don't want this to sound legalistic, but sometimes I think. We want things to happen in, our, in, in and through our lives, and yet we're not willing to live right. And we, like it or not, we still serve a holy God. We still serve one that, that calls us to live according to his word, according to the scriptures. And so right living is something that I believe is very important for us to do if we want to see the plan of God unfolding in and through our lives. Now, yes, there are maybe exceptions to that rule where God works in people's lives and, uh, and great things take place. But I think, generally speaking, right living is really key in God fulfilling his plan in and through our lives. So, Zachariah fulfilled his role and lived his life according to the ways of God. And in that, and not by coincidence, God had Zechariah handpicked to go into the holy place where he sprinkled incense on the altar and had encountered the angel Gabriel. So I truly believe that God set in motion before time this moment in history. Um, he foreknew sort of how things were going to unfold. This was not just a... Uh, a, you know, a kind of a, a plan like, oh, I got to figure something out here. He knew what was going on and he knew what needed to take place. And yet even in this divine moment, I see that Zachariah's commitment to right living was huge significance. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Zachariah was a, wasn't a perfect man, but because of the grace of God and some great choices, he positioned him that day to be used by God. And I think sometimes that right living really positions us so that God sees us and says, yeah, 
that person wants to be used by me. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. So we're, we're made righteous through Christ. And in that, or maybe even because of that, we choose to live right daily. Not because we have earned salvation, because it's not about earning salvation. Salvation is a free gift from God. But our response from that is to obediently live according to his word. And that's how we see Zechariah, is he was living obediently according to God's word. And growing up, you know, I always viewed Christianity and God's word, I guess, as a bunch of do's and don'ts. I'm not sure if anybody else sort of felt that way, but I certainly did. It was about do this, don't do this, so on and so forth. But I discovered that all Jesus wants is a relationship with us. And then he works out all the other stuff. He wants a relationship with us. And, uh, and when I discovered that, everything changed. It all became very different. Became very freeing, to be quite honest. So right living, this side of salvation, isn't about do's and don'ts, but it's about I get to and I choose this instead. It's not about do's and don'ts, but it's about I get to live this way. And I choose to live this way. I choose to not go this path, but I choose to go this way. I choose right living over maybe the, the opposite of that. And Zechariah's right living and service to the Lord was not done out of duty, but it was done out of desire. When it's a relationship between you and Jesus, it's done out of desire as opposed to duty. When I was younger, it always just seemed like it was duty. This is what I have to do. But when I really came into that understanding that he wanted relationship, it was out of desire. It was, you know, Zachariah's life, again, was not, this was not an obligation. Even though he had a role as a priest, it wasn't this obligation, but it was done out of passion. And again, in my own life, once I realized Jesus wanted that relationship with me, it was done more out of, again, out of passion and not obligation. I don't feel like I have to do these things. I want to do them because more than just knowing this word, I want to know the author. I want to know the creator. And so this is how Zachariah lived. So in this relationship with the Lord, he was able to prepare his son to make ready the way for Jesus because Zachariah knew the heart of God. And I think in our own lives, when we choose to live this right living and we choose to follow Jesus as and, and we have this relationship with him, um, in that God's able to see, we're able to embrace the heart of God and, and, and we're able to do the things that God's called us to do. And again, we don't know what the plan and purpose may be for our lives, but even in Zachariah's life, it's like the plan was pretty huge when you start reading through the scriptures. So this leads me to my, the next point is this. Availability is a good idea. And so as I said earlier, our availability gives God the opportunity to work a miracle through you. And the reality is that neither of us know what God has for us around the corner. But what we can be certain of is that God has a promise and a purpose for us. So what we can do is always make ourselves available. 
And for me, I guess in verse 8, just to go back to the, the particular passage, it says that once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot. The three words that I really want to highlight there is he was serving. And I believe one of the best ways to make yourself available for God is to find a way to serve, find a way to give, find a way to help out. That's the best way that we can make ourselves available to God because in that, we are in a sense saying, God, we're available for you to work in and through my life. When Jesus did his first miracle of turning the water into wine, it was the available servants that got to experience it first. They got to experience what happened. And, and the very purpose of a servant is to be ready, to be, be available. And so God calls us to be his servants and to be available and to be ready. And when you serve, when you get involved, it's like making God aware that you're available. And I, in my own life, want to make him. I want, I want him to know that I'm, I am very available, that I want to do, I want to, I want to be a part of his plan and his purposes. But, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in all sorts of things that, that, that life throws at us. And next thing you know, we're just very much not available. You know, God, God is trying to break in sometimes into our lives and he's saying, here's an opportunity and there's an opportunity. And instead, we're running here and running there. And uh, even as I, as I mentioned, uh, as we were talking about, you know, peace and uh, just our lives, I think sometimes we can just get so busy doing things that at the end of the day, we've just like, wow, I didn't even really think about the Lord today. And again, that's not to, to lay a heavy on us, but it's, it's just, again, to make us realize the importance of just saying, God, God, you, you're wanting to do something in and through my, li- my life every day. And so I just need to make sure that I'm ready for that, that I'm available for that. So as followers of Christ, making ourselves available needs to be really high up there on our priority list. And I don't like to kind of look at it that way, but sometimes I think it, it, it as a, it needs to be um, sort of approached in that, in that light. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And so Christ set the example for us um, about being available. And now he calls us to do likewise, to be available, because we never know what he has for us around the corner. So my last thought regarding Zechariah is this, is God is not restricted by our shortcomings. Verse, verse 18 says, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? And so in other words, Gabriel, you may have this grand idea, but I have some shortcomings, essentially is what he's saying. And we know in this particular case, it was that he was... Um, quite old and uh just kind of in a sense he just figured hey my years of of uh what's the right word to use my years of um being able to have babies is uh is past and yet 
as we read in the story, the angel takes care of the situation, right? And Zechariah does what he needs to do in faith, right? He runs home, and in faith, they have a baby. Um, they may have done some other things, but in faith, they have a baby. And, uh, you know, God is not concerned about what we can't do. He's, he's already aware of what we can't do. He's already aware of what we can't do. All we have to do is take what he's given us, the little we have, the little that we have, and trust that he will accomplish out of that what he wants to do. He's not, he's not restricted by our shortcomings. He just wants us to give him the little that we have, and then we allow him to do what he needs to do in and through our lives. God's, what I've really found in my own life is that God's not looking for superstars, but he's looking for faithful followers. And I, I love that reality for me because I very often don't feel like a superstar, but I do feel like I can be faithful. And I think in so many people's lives, and I've talked to many people where they just feel like, I don't know what I have to offer. And it's like, just be faithful with that small thing that you do have and allow God to use that. He's, he's not looking for perfection. He's just looking for willingness, right? Again, it's like, he just, he just wants us to show up. He just wants us to do our best. He just wants us to, to be available and he'll, he'll work out the rest. And, um, God's not looking for the polished, but he's looking for the available. It's like so often again in our lives, we think, but God, I got so much stuff in my life that I got to work through before you can use me. And it's like, we've got it all wrong because it's like God is, God is strong in our weakness. And I think sometimes we use that as an excuse. We're like, well, God, there's this that I got to deal with and this that I de- got to deal with and this that I got to deal with. But God's saying, actually, just, just do what I'm calling you to do and we'll work through that stuff as we go along. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I guess as, a, as, as one that gets opportunities to speak, I think, man, if, if, I, if I went by that system, I would never get up and speak. If I went through that, I got to deal with this and I got to deal with this and I got to do that and I got to hear, I would never be able to get up in front of people and speak because I'd always feel like there's shortcomings. But God says, I can use you despite that sort of stuff. You know, it's like when somebody gets married or, or before they have children or, or, they, or whatever it might be. And it's like, well, first, I want to make sure that I finish schooling. And then I want to make sure that I get two years to save money. And then I got to make sure that I do this uh, before I have children. And they, they try to prepare everything for these so that everything is neat and tidy and orderly. And then you have kids or, or whatever it might be. And it just messes everything up anyways. And so in this, in this particular case as well, I just believe that God calls us to, just to, just, just to step out in our shortcomings and he's able to use us in those moments. We don't have to have our lives all together before we can be used by him. He just wants to, he just is ready for us to be um, right where we're at. I guess as we, we close, perhaps the best way to end this time is looking at this at this picture, and it's uh, going to come up here right away. And I just, I, I saw that on my Facebook post this week, and I just thought, you know, that really sums it up. 
and uh, just it's all I have and it's all I want. And I think at, at the end of the day, it's like God just wants our hearts. He just he just wants us to be to just just to be available. He wants us to to not feel that our shortcomings are going to restrict him. He just says, just surrender yourself to me and I can, I can work through you and I can work in you. And uh, I think at times too, it's like this working in and through is so important because sometimes, you know, this right living is maybe as we read his word, we begin to uncover and discover more about ourselves and we're able to go, oh yeah, God, would you bring healing to those areas? that need healing because sometimes it's right living so that we can go and do, but sometimes it's this right living and reading his word so that we can actually receive what he has so he can bring that healing. Sometimes even in this, the, the making ourselves available is not necessarily all of, always about going, but making ourselves available just to be in the presence with God as we read our word, as we pray. And once again, he can do that work that he needs to do in our hearts and uh, again, this whole shortcomings thing, it's like God is able to come in those moments and remind us of those, those maybe what we see as very, very little strengths that we have, and he's able to point those out and head us in the right direction. Amen? Amen. Well, let's just stand together, and I'm not going to have the band come up tonight. We're quarter, we're quarter to seven. And I just pray, we'll just take a, a moment to pray. And I trust that, that God's spoken to you about something in my ramblings tonight. You know, we're, as I said earlier, we're, we're going to go through and we're going to talk about different individuals that play a, a really big part in sort of the Christmas story. And uh, I think we can take pieces from each one of these lives and apply it to our lives. And uh, and then at the end of the day, as that last slide was, God, this is all I got, and, and it's all he wants is our hearts. And so, Lord, with that, we just bow our hearts before you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.